Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here, and welcome to episode 108 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast intended to help us improve our personal and business relationships. So welcome to today's episode, episode uh, 108, Recovery from Toxic Family Systems Part 2. In particular, what I wanted to look at today was our toxic inner critic. Um, and quite timely, even just putting together, you know, I'm, I've just been working on putting together a slightly new way to introduce the podcast series. And um, it's amazing how quickly I get hypercritical and frustrated when the words don't uh, present, when um, I'm, I can't seem to translate my ideas into um, an, what I deem to be an acceptable external format. Um, so it's interesting having the um, toxic inner critic arise whilst preparing to do an episode on the toxic inner critic <laughs> um, and its um, development as a byproduct of being in toxic family systems. The, the problem that we face sometimes if we've grown up in, a, in, a, in an environment that really um, we, we didn't get the level of parenting, nurture, support, and healthy role modeling that we deserved. Um, as a result of that, we, you know, one of the one of the developmental um, byproducts is that we can overly identify um, and side with our inner toxic critic, and how that repeatedly shames us. Um, de-esteems us if you like you know well who do you think you are um even if you have moments of joy um then you're hit with a shame attack um or a sense of over um conscientiousness um a sense of um fra fragility and over um overwhelming awareness around um how you think you're coming across to other people and customarily that tends to be focused on the negative side of um uh you know you're going to evaluate yourself in a very negative kind of way i'm i look ridiculous right now you know and things like that and it's interesting as i'm even as i'm talking and putting this episode forward and i'm still in the residue of my own inner critic so um, it's having a go at me for not finding the right words, whatever right means, um, whilst I'm trying to put an episode in, into, uh, well, I'm trying to record an episode. And so the impulse for me um, that I'm battling at present is just to shut the episode off. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of work through it and I'm hoping that it comes out coherently enough um, because we really need to, one, identify when our, our toxic critic is uh, hijacking the show, um, when it's, you know, when it's really getting in our ear metaphorically, so to speak, um, how that detracts from moments of self-compassion, how that detracts from moments of being able to realistically 
recognize what's going on, you know, because otherwise you make small mistakes and they seem like catastrophes um, and you make um, very dramatized meaning out of things. I had an argument with my friend. Ah, oh, well, that's it then. That'll be the end of that relationship. I showed a bit of vulnerability and now they'll never talk to me again. Um, or whatever other extreme way that our inner critic either um, attacks us with how we're stunningly inadequate and less than um, and, and how, once again, we haven't measured up to the hyper-rigid perfectionistic standards that we've set for ourselves, um, and then that coupled with the chronic sense of hyper-vigilance and how we're not safe. People are dangerous. Um, you know, the world is dangerous um, rather than mostly uh, what might be might may or may not be true, but what we might consider as more work, you know, a more workable um, place to meet the world from is people are safe enough. I'm safe enough. Um, I'm 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 good enough. Um, uh, you know, the, these are things that are a bit more gentle. They are um, attainable um, because, again, paradoxically in order for our inner critic to survive, we can't actually ever get up to its lofty standards because, well, what, what on earth would it do then? Well, even if in one era of our life we do manage to, for a moment, with great um, effort and force of will, reach the pinnacle of um, our idea of internal perfection in that particular era of our life, then, you know, what's most likely to transpire after that is the idea, well, you know, yes, we have got here, um, but we're not going to be able to maintain it. Um, oh, we're going we're gonna to wreck this all up. Uh, it's all going to fall apart. Um, and whatever other kind of um, dialogue might, might kind of hit. So the more we can recognize how we've internalized um, critical, toxic kind of thinking. Maybe we have um, emulated some of the patterns that, you know, the less healthy patterns of our, uh, that we were exposed to by our parents. Um, and then we become the primary perpetuators of that, you know, and, and how much we can really side with the ideas that the inner critics putting forward rather than challenging them, not only in terms of the ideas themselves, you, you'll never amount to anything. Um, but, but also, um, just a, enough of our inner fight function, if that was kind of knocked out of us at a very, very young age, especially, you know, prior to the age of three or four, where we, we've got not a lot of conscious memory of how specifically we were conditioned, um, but it's, it's kind of an invasive, morphic, full-body sense of dread um, whenever we try to stand up for ourselves, even in a healthy way, or whenever we try to enjoy life or, or, or give ourselves craze, uh, craze, that's interesting, um, give ourselves, well, you know, when we try to give ourselves praise, we end up giving ourselves craze. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the kind of, you know, because all of a sudden I'm like, well, who are you? Um, and well, yes, maybe that was okay what you did there, but, but how are you going to back that up? Um, oh, that was a fluke. Um, or however else our, our dialogue tends to um, take us away from peace, you, you know. Um, and, and, you know, in reality, which, which is actually less safe, um, the world or my thinking about the world? Be, because in my experience, most of my, my, 
my problems are fantasy-based, um, uh, catastrophizations about the future, or shaming about something I did in the past, um, but mostly in the present, um, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine until my thinking tells me otherwise, you know, you know um, and there are moments where the most dangerous thing in my world is my thinking, um, not actually other people, not actually me, um, uh, and if I can, you know, that, that's what we mean when we talk about kind of cognitive wounding in our family system, that, our, that some of our thinking is not as healthy, um, as nurturing, as compassionate, and, and actually um, as um, it, it's, it works the opposite to keeping us safe. It makes us actually unsafe. It makes us hypervigilant. Um, we'll over-respond to things that we, we don't need to over-respond to and sometimes under-respond to things that actually do need a more realistic response. Um, so the more we can diffuse the critic, the more we can become aware of what it's doing. Um, you know, this is a very significant part of recovering from toxic family systems um, where we see where we've internalized the, the um, for lack of better words, the negative or the more confused elements of our family system thinking so that we can have a life of our own choosing. We can have a life of our own freedom. We can just show up without a, a you know, what would it be like if, we, if I just showed up to a situation without running a story of catastrophization, people aren't going to like you here, you're not going to fit in, um, you, you know, you're not very interesting. And, and if that all that story was dropped and we just showed up, then we probably have a much better chance at, at um, having more authentic connection in, in that particular space. So what this also means is that when we're looking at the, the cognitive thinking damage that's been done by a toxic family system, um, unless we can get a hold of and start to set boundaries for our inner critic, you know, again, this is where the fight function comes in because we can be terrified even to stand up to our own inner voice and, and we're so used to hearing it that it's just kind of unconsciously accepted, whereas the more we get aware of un, unacceptable internal dialogue and we start to push back and go, no, no, I, I'm not going to hear that. Stop. I don't want to hear that. I'm not entertaining that. Um, no, is there a more gentle way or another way that we could make meaning about this situation um, other than the meaning we're making right now? Um, and, and so as we start to set very firm internal boundaries and we start to push back against unacceptable internal language and treatment, um, we start to look for ways to um, soothe um, self and become more compassionate. Um, and again, what goes a long way towards that is, like I said, starting to put a lid on the inner critic and also identifying when we're coming out of that space. Because if I'm trying to grieve what happened to me, if I'm trying to see the reality of, um, you know, how, if I, Part of recovery for many people is, is is connecting in a healthy way to anger and indignation about some of the stunningly inadequate treatment that we received, either intentionally or unintentionally, either through very direct abusive styles of interaction or just through simple neglect um, in, in its many forms that we can 
we can come to the reality of going, hang on a moment, none, none of that was acceptable. I, I didn't deserve that. Um, and that's not to suggest that that requires you to then, you know, run out and lash out. We're not talking about that. Um, that generally doesn't tend to work, you know, but rather that we are coming to the reality of our situation, the reality of our childhood, because this brings us clarity, this brings us thinking, healing, and if we can get the inner critic under control, then this means that we can start to um, justifiably grieve, um, justifiably work through our, our anger in healthy ways, and rather than becoming emotional about what happened to us and then the inner critic using that against us too. Oh, look at you, you sook. Isn't it time you got over that? Um, how dare you get upset about that? Look at this person over here and how bad their situation is. So that the critic then can use our own pain, our own justifiable pain, to further shame um uh, knock our self-esteem and and minimize our experience um, rather than in healthy recovery we're able to spend the time that we need in healthy angering in health getting clear about what we went through grieving what we went through starting to explore the kind of uh, uh, you know variety of emotional nuance that comes up because you know we can we can have a an ambivalence of feeling where the people that hurt us the most are also the people we love the most. Um, and so when we start to do our recovery work, we can really come back into a completely different experience with the family, um, far more authentic, far more intimate, far more healthy, ideally. And that for some of us doesn't necessarily mean that we actually spend too much time together. But just because we're not in the same uh, physical vicinity doesn't mean that you don't occupy a lot of my internal in intention. I can I can move a thousand miles or a thousand kilometers away from you and still be thinking on you every day in a very very intense way. Distance, you know, uh, geographic distance has not done anything to reduce the emotional intensity um, between you and I. So when this is, I, I think, a very significant area where um, as we're coming into self-recovery, we're really getting how our, um, our inner critic can potentially get in the way um, and, and take us out of um, being able to effectively self-nurture, have adequate self, you know, good enough nurturing, good enough self-compassion, good enough esteeming, good enough relationships, um, you know, and, and through this gentleness, we, we can start to have uh, a more authentic and and more present interaction, not only with the people around us, but with life itself, you know, because um, there can be moments where our thinking takes us out of life, our thinking takes us out of our relationships um, that, that aren't, that, that aren't, and the thinking isn't in any way actually reflective of the present, it's all a throwback to the past. Um, so... There you go. That was just some, I, you know, as I say, it was timely because the, the inner critic was up and giving me a bit of jip. Um, what, what, what can we do? Um, like I said, if the inner critic is taking over, one, we get aware um, that that's what's going on for us right now. Um, we remind ourselves that we are safe enough right now, that we are in an adult body, that um, 
everybody makes mistakes. Um, it's okay. Um, we drop our breathing down. We look around. Here I am. Um, we look at where we are at present. Um, and if needs be, we're reparenting ourselves in the way that we didn't necessarily get. You, you know, it, it's going to be okay. So when I find that my inner critic hijacks things for me and I start to have anxiety and a, and a sense of, uh, <clears throat> I just, I feel unsafe, but it's, 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 it's a generalized sense of lack of safety, like, you know, a trapdoor is about to open up under my feet, but I can't seem to spot where things are. Then I'm recollecting myself and I'm, I'm going, it's okay. Um, we're an adult now. Um, everything appears to be safe enough. If something were to happen, we'll be okay. We'll work through it. And also we've got good support around us. Um, it's not like it was then. And I'll even have a bit of a dialogue with my own inner child if I think that's kind of necessary. And I go, it's okay. It's okay, little one. We're going we're to we're be all right. I've got you. Um, I'm here. Let's just have a look around. Everything's fine. What do we do next? We just breathe. We relax. And the more relaxed we are, the more calm we are, the more clear we are, the more safer we'll be. And let's just work on what we have to do right now. So we're bringing it back to, to very reassuring, very, very simple steps and very, very present steps. Um, and there's lots of good work um, around how to kind of do this and, um, you know, various um, different therapeutic approaches that really, really help. Um, I think um, the, the Pete Walker's book, I think it's Pete Walker, um, uh, Complex PT, PTSD from Surviving to Thriving, I think is, is, is quite an exceptional book and, and, and offers quite a good deal of value, not necessarily just for those with, you know, if you look at the symptomologies of complex PTSD, but, but even people with, with symptoms potentially are not quite on the extreme aspect of, of some people um, who... Um, have that certain set of life challenges to work through, um, I think there's massive and very, very practical value in that. I think we can all talk to ourselves uh, a bit more kindly or start to work on, on that. But And even if you catch yourself, you know, you're in a critic as, you know, because I remember in the early days starting to work with this, and one of my go-tos was when I picked up the kind of inner critic, um, um, kicking the daylights out of me, so to speak, um, my, my go-to was to get angry at the critic. Um, oh, that'd be right. Look at you, you know, um, oh, here we go again. We've completely abandoned ourselves. You know, you go into extreme catastrophization rather than I'm just having a moment where I'm, you know, I should be supporting myself better than this by now. Well, the reality is I'm not yet. Um, and I'm working on it. And that's a far more loving thing to say to oneself you know, when we recognize we are where we are and um, we're doing the best we can, um, I should be thinking differently right now. Well, the reality is I'm, I'm not. And that's the most gentle thing I can, I can, you know, I can just be gentle and recognize as I work towards more integration rather than one of the subtle ways the inner critic keeps itself alive sometimes is, is you know, uh, uh, 
the inner critic attacking itself. Um, but it tends just to wind us up, get us even more emotional and frustrated, um, and is a bit of a ruse in my opinion. So, you know, even our inner critic, we're meeting with compassion. Um, and that is not always easy. <laughs> um, but as long as we're doing the best we can, we continue to show up for ourselves as best as we can and recognize that some days we're going to do that, you know, we're going to be good enough and that some days our good enough is whatever we can, we can manage, that we're going to have degrees of what we perceive as effectiveness and that's all part of the, the road um, to, um, you know, a deeper connection and deeper authenticity and a deeper sense of recovering um, ourself and healing metaphorically the inner child that um, not not all days are going to go as well as we like um, and and that's okay as long as we just keep showing up that's the most important thing so I hope this episode offers some um, some help and some insight to you um, as always um, thank you to everyone who's been listening along to the series for um, since the beginning or for quite a long period of time. My deepest gratitude to you. If you've just joined us, welcome. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to continue to support the show, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe and leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to find this kind of material. And I think any sense of, you know, life is complex enough that the more self-education we have, the more people education we have, the better off we are. Um, and also, um, the show is available, the podcast is available on Stitcher and Podbean and at the website, emergencetraining.com.au. If you have any ideas for episodes, please reach out, say hi, let me know. And um, if I know something on it I, th you know, that I think I can contribute, then I will. And by all means, come and check us out on YouTube too. Sean Hilly, the Relationship Resourcing Series on YouTube, um, cover a lot of the same things in a slightly different way. So um, until next time, bye for now and thank you again for listening. Bye.